You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant. And today we have part two with Kenyon Robson. About two weeks ago, I had the privilege and the honor of interviewing you, Kenyon. And we talked about your childhood. We talked about when you were a little girl, how your mother passed away when you were age four, and how this did not inhibit this natural spirit that is in you to nurture. You nurtured your siblings. You are a natural nurturer by nature. You are a beautiful, amazing mother. And those of us who know you love this about you, but there is even so much more. And I remember one day I had a woman come in for a massage and she was about 60 and she was laying on the massage table. And I said, is there anything you want to talk about today? And she said, well, you know, I am 65 and I still do not know what my purpose, my calling, or my mission is. I've raised my husband. I've raised my children. And I don't know who I am still. And so, Kenyon, you have a calling. I believe you have a calling, a purpose. You are working side by side with your husband, Rob, in the life platform, life leadership business. And you have a lot of contact with women. You have spoken to thousands, hundreds of thousands of audiences of women. I would love for you to share, just jumping right in, I'd love for you to share your feeling and your desire to mentor women and what you believe about each one of us having a mission, calling, and purpose. Yes. Thank you, Karen. I am so excited to be back. Uh, This journey of leadership is one I really never imagined myself being on. Rob and I started dating, you know, a little over 20 years ago, and he was already speaking on stage and sharing with audiences. And I remember specifically watching him one day when we were dating and I told him, I just want to be fair if we're going to move forward and possibly get married, I don't ever want you to feel that I, that I baited and switched you. So I want you to know it's apparent to me that you are fulfilling your dream, that you are fulfilling your purpose, that you are meant to be on stage in front of audiences and sharing, but it is something I will never do. It is not something I was born to do because I had been asked to teach a simple lesson in church one Sunday And I was so terrified. The adrenaline was so overpowering that I was shaking and trembling and I got an Elvis twitch in my lip that wouldn't go away. And I had to divide the class into two sections and have them teach. That's how great my fear was. And I am so grateful that I had that fear because I am 100% positive that if you change the information that's going into your brain and start hanging out with people who look forward and who see the best in you and who are chasing goals for a long enough period of time, it's I'm a hundred percent positive that you change. And the more you heal from whatever it is, childhood traumas or fears or comfort zones that we all have, the freer you become to let all that's inside you come out. And so 
Rob started pushing me a little bit. Well, first he lied and said, no problem. <laughs> you don't worry about it. I totally understand. You won't ever have to do that. But he saw so much more in me. And I'm so grateful because he started just subtly pushing me, asking me to say a couple things on stage. And I would be angry and I would hate his guts for a week and <laughs> I would be shaking and sweating but I don't know what it is. I slowly started again, that gratitude that we talked about last week. I thought about all these children that I knew in the foster care system and all the millions of people around this world, this giant world and how small we feel and how most people just are dying to be heard. And here I was given this platform to have the gift of being able to share a message. And I was letting my comfort zones win. And there was mm. messages to be shared, um, messages from all of us. And so maybe for you, it's not speaking on stage. That's Maybe that's not even an opportunity in front of you. But I'm 100% positive that we are capable of doing more than we realize, more than what we know about ourselves. And it is such a fun, scary, difficult journey to become free of those fears. Um, so that we can live our life with with um, just pouring out our biggest potential and and sharing our message. And um, it's been the hugest blessing in my life. And I've learned to just be me and nothing more and to continue to grow that me and learn and um, focus on things that I want to improve and just give everything that I have not what it should be, not what someone else has, every single thing that I have and feel okay about that. I love it. I think that that is wonderful. And I know that that when you stand to speak, that audiences cheer because there's such an authenticity, there's such a sincerity. You are very humorous. It's It's so fun to laugh at ourselves as we listen to you talk about the the pitfalls of marriage and the and the seasons that we all go through that a lot of times people aren't willing to share because they feel uncomfortable if the rest of the world knew that we that our husband we were mad at our husband or angry at him and there's something about you Kenyon that when you speak we all listen and it is just such a joy it's such a breath of fresh air to have somebody get up who is sharing with every single one of us. You all have a mission. You all have a message. You all have a purpose. You all have a calling. And that that is such good news. I love that your voice is a voice of good news. And I, I hope that everyone out there who's listening today will stop and take a minute to reflect upon the gift, the calling, the mission that is yours. Because I, I look at Kenyon, I look at you as a talent scout. I see you, uh, the, vis the vision that you have, and that Rob has too, the ability to see in other people what they may not yet behold in themselves. And I think that that's such a wonderful, amazing quality to be so confident in who you are that you can celebrate the gifts of others. And I would love to have you share about some of the women that are that that are mentoring us in life leadership on the life platform. And those I remember you getting up and sharing 
beautiful qualities of several of these women. And I would love to invite you to do that right now. I would love to do that. Um, I have been so blessed to be mentored by incredible women. And um, my style of mentorship is a little bit different than some of the other women's uh, style of mentorship that I've known in the way that I really truly believe. And by the way, all of these ways are necessary. All of these different styles that you possess, that I possess, that in all these different ways are all important. Um, but my style has always been believing that people find their way. If they have a hand to hold and they have someone willing to be open enough to give them the freedom to be honest with themselves and honest with others, and be able to give them information to help, I don't believe I have the answers for everybody. And so sometimes when people sit down for mentorship or guidance, they're surprised and think that I'm going to have all of these wise answers for them. But I really believe in individuals and I really believe in our own um, revelations and our own intuitions to receive answers. So my style is more listening and holding hands. And um, hopefully, I hope that I offer courage to walk a little taller and put your head a little higher and know that you can find those answers and, and find truth. But the women in my life, they have offered honesty. And really, they've mentored that style for me. Honesty, they gave me freedom just to be myself in this age of social media and Instagram where we put our absolute most beautiful picture forward and our best foot forward. You know, there's a time and a place for that, but the freedom comes from offering up our stories to each other because I know the times in my life where I felt most free, where I felt that the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders was when, when a woman who I admired, who I look up to, and see as a woman who has it all together, whatever that means, was willing and open to share stories of vulnerability, stories where they failed, stories where they were hurting. I thought, oh, it's okay. It's okay if I hurt. It's okay if I struggle. It's okay if my marriage is going through a hard time. All of this is okay because that is the actual journey we're on. The journey we're on isn't our best Instagram picture. The journey we're on is learning, growing, struggling, failing, and then doing better with our friends. And hopefully all of us just holding hands together and doing that together. You hit a perfect point. I remember writing a song called Perfect People and the lyrics said, I thought perfect people never cried. I thought the perfect life would have no heartache, not a trial, and and wanting to not let that show. And yet how refreshing it's not that misery loves company. It is truly that when we know somebody else has worked through the battle, when somebody else has made it through the hardship, that it gives them the courage to try to say, oh, you hiked straight up a hill and you made it to the top. And that gives me hope that I can do that too. We're going to take a little break here. We'll be back with more Joy Coach America with Kenny Lobson leading ladies into leadership.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. We're back with Joy Coaching America with a wonderful part two interview with Kenyon Robson, leading ladies into leadership. And Kenyon, in that last segment, you were mentioning about giving women permission to be who they are. And I love this. I love this subject. It just gives me goosebumps because I remember coming into life leadership and listening to these wonderful women, Janelle Krauser and Ishelle Slade and, and oh, Lisa Foto, all these amazing women, each one with their own distinct personalities. And there was no form. There was no size, one size fits all way of presenting. And each one, as I think of them, each one in my mind, I, I think of qualities that touch my heart. And yet if I were to stop and go, oh, I could never be an Ishel Slade, or I could never be a Janelle Krauser, it's okay. Because what this platform does, I believe, is as we are listening to the audios and inputting positive, powerful information, we start growing our own levels of confidence to do exactly what you said. Be who you are and be true to who you are. And then you find a style, all of your very own, that will speak and reach the message like the sheep know my voice, my shepherd, my, my sheep know my voice. Yes. Each person will feel drawn to those portions of your message that speaks to them. And so I would love you to speak to that, that we are all distinct, amazing individuals. There's not one of us that has had the same experiences, the same upbringing, even siblings in the same family. You were talking about how your two siblings had experienced the car accident in a different way that you did mm -hmm. and that you became the nurturer of these siblings. There's so many experiences that we all go through that are so different. There is no replica of us and each one of us have a message to share. Oh, yes. Oh, I just love this, Karen. This is so much fun. Yes. Oh, when we are young, you know, I have a 14 or almost 15 year old daughter and I'm watching her go through this. When we're young, we're trying to just figure things out. It's just the natural process of things. And so as we get into our 20s, we're watching, we're people watching. And that's part of the healthy process. We're trying to figure out what you do, what you don't do, what's the best, what's not the best. And that's part of the natural process. But that, you know, there comes a time where that's hindering People feel at ease when they're in the company of someone who is at complete ease with themselves. If you've ever watched a performance of someone really nervous and you feel nervous, you feel uncomfortable, there's something that feels uncomfortable about being in the presence of someone who isn't quite comfortable with themselves. And I mean, all of us are there, you know, at different times feeling awkward and uncomfortable. That's normal. But when we start to get a little bit older, and listen to the right information, we start to, just like what Karen said, she nailed it all on the head. We figure out who we are and we figure out what we have to offer. What is the individualness, if you will, about my message? What message do I have? And this goes, this isn't just for speaking. Maybe speaking isn't going to be a part of your life, but figuring out the individual message and, and who you are as a person and then offering that wherever you go is so empowering. 
you know, the company life leadership has a way of raising up some of the best leaders really I've ever seen and known in my life. And it's the reason is exactly what Karen said is because it teaches us to find our own style and then offer that. And it is so life gets so fun and leadership gets so fun. Your job, your role, mothering, whatever it is, wherever you are in your life, when you are you, there's nothing more to think about. There's nothing more to analyze. There's growth to be done forever, but it is so freeing to just be comfortable in your own skin. And once you are there or or getting there in that journey, then you can be in any environment on stage, teaching lessons, doing a podcast, mothering, whatever it is, and you can offer your true, genuine, authentic message and life just gets more fun. You, and you feel like you have, um, freedom. I remember one time earlier, um, in our journey where I was on stage and I mean, it was a big deal every time it was five minutes wrapping up a talk that Rob had done. And I would pour my whole heart out there because that has always been my style. And this man started tracking me down during the break. And I was in the restroom and some people said, oh, this guy's looking for you. And so once I came out of the restroom, this guy found me and I didn't know him. And he gave me a bunch of criticism about my five minutes up on stage. And, you know, this was 15 years ago. I felt, I had never felt so Mm. vulnerable and so Mm. upset and so humiliated. I never wanted to be talking in front of anyone ever again. Mm. I went home, I cried, I was mad. I went through the whole process and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And whether you're a speaker or not, there comes a time where you have to decide, am I willing to throw myself over the bar? Am I willing to have courage? And I remember thinking, okay, Kenyon, this is the choice you have right now. And this is the realization that you have to come to. Everyone is not always going to like you. And everyone is not always going to resonate with what you have to say. Are you going to be okay with that? That's the question. And after lots of crying and tantrums and prayers, I decided I was, and I meant it. I was going to humble myself and be willing to realize that not everybody was going to like me. And sometimes women, we tend to be people pleasers. And whatever this looks like for whatever role you have, coming to the question to yourself, am I okay with not everybody liking the cookie that I'm offering? Because there's certain people meant to hear your message or hear your gifts or be a part of your gifts and some that won't like it and will always have things to say. And it was so empowering to answer to myself and mean it. You are perfectly going to choose to be okay with knowing that not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to need to hear what you have to say. And you're still going to have the courage to get back up there. And for a girl who went to 13 new schools and had to learn to be pleasing really quickly, that was hard. That was a huge lesson in my life. And I've carried that, whether it's at church, it's not about me. It's just about offering whatever it is I have to offer to the people who, who are hungry for that and not all will be, and that's okay. And it was a humbling message that needed to be learned. And it was great for me. 
I think this is really important to bring this up. And I'm so glad that you did. I'm so glad that you shared that experience because nope, I'm sitting there going, I can't imagine anybody not loving it. But I really do resonate with you. And I love your message. And I love the authenticity. I love the things that you share. And it always, I always walk away going, and to think I thought of not going, to think I considered not going when that message was what I needed, it pierced my soul to the very core. And I needed that message on gratitude or on uh, leadership, that book that you were talking about. What was the name of that book? Mental Combat. Mental so Combat. Good. And I, I would love for us to be able to talk about that at some point. But you did mention Facebook. And I think that what you shared is so true. And I think taking a Facebook fast is such a great thing to do to really just pull in hone in on what makes you happy and not have to have it validated by 222 likes absolutely and do you know take just take some time to be you and I've been doing that this summer I've been really pulling off of Facebook and just saying, okay, Karen, what do you like? What do you want to do? And what makes you happy? And not needing that to be validated by anybody else. Another point you made was on each one of us being ourselves. And I remember Kevin Conover getting on stage and sharing that he was telling Rob, your husband, I can't, I'm never going to be a Rob Robson. And Rob looking at him and saying, I don't want you to be a Rob Robson. I want you to be a Kevin Conover. And I love that. I love the permission that Kenyon is giving to each and every one of you out there and me that we are who we are and that the message that you came to deliver, it's like I see us as vessels and that water that flows through that vessel is the message that God would put into each one of us to deliver. And that as that message flows through you, you don't know who's thirsty for that message today. You don't know who needs that drink of water that God is pouring through you based on your experiences and your lifetime to share with that hungry, thirsty soul that's out there. We will be right back. Joy Coach in America. More with Kenyon Robson on Leading Ladies into Leadership. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America with Carolyn Grant and Kenyon Robson in part two of Leading Ladies into Leadership. And Kenyon, we've been talking about the power of being who you are and how that is exceptional. But then what about when we want to refine our leadership qualities? And and there is room for improvement in all of us. And I love going to an event, was it in Hurricane, Utah, where you spoke on the seven standards of leadership. And I would love for you to share 
those seven standards with us because that was so amazing to sit there and listen to that and go, oh, I'm a little bit like that. Oh, I'm a little bit like that. And it was so good to be able to do some self-reflection and set some refinement, personal refinement goals around those seven standards. So let's turn the time over to you to share that with us. Yes. Thank you, Karen. I I have fallen in love with refining. I love that we can be a never-ending project, not to beat ourselves over the head and feel bad about ourselves, but to feel great about ourselves and to continue to improve. It's so amazing how you can take you know, I felt like I was kind of coming from behind in the race of, um, I don't know if race is the right word, but in accomplishing my goals and dreams and leadership, because I had been through so many things and hadn't really had anyone model leadership or really accomplishing big goals. I felt like I was coming from behind and I kind of started liking the feeling of that. Like I wanted to catch up and I realized that I could, you know, I kind of imagined having a, a, I call emotional tool belt where, you know, some of us graduate and move out and we've got a full tool belt. We had awesome parents. They achieved great things. They modeled great behaviors, not perfection, but they gave us lots of tools in our tool belt. And some of us just didn't, and it's no fault of our own, but we kind of moved out and we had, you know, just a couple (laughs) tools in our tool belt. And that was kind of me. And I kind of fell in love with realizing that by studying and reading and refining, I could give myself whatever whatever tools I was lacking. And um, therefore that meant I could accomplish whatever it is that I wanted to accomplish. And so it's just exciting to know that we're not stuck. We're never stuck with what we have. We always can go after and change and humble ourselves and grow and get more of what we're looking for in our goals. And so it's exciting. I love this blog post under Stuart Leadership written by Daniel Stewart. And he just goes over, you know, anything that has just a few steps and numbers I can follow, I love because it makes things so simple. And he just goes over seven exceptional leadership qualities. And um, number one, unapologetically sets high standards. The world typically doesn't. It's very convenient to set a low standard. Um, You know, I remember my little boy one day um, saying that, he was talking about a friend he was hanging out with and he said, well, so-and-so, you know, does, does it this way. It's, it's, it's very comforting to hang around people who give us the convenient excuses of a low standard. But when we really want to excel and become better and grow as a person, we've got to start really being around people who have really high standards. And uh, number two, repeatedly communicates the mission, the mission, whether that's in a group, whether that's just in your family. The most successful families I know have a mission that they repeat over and over and over again. So whether you're a company, a family, a mom, whatever it is, continuously um, knowing your mission and then communicating your mission is so powerful. Number three, mirrors the attitude you want your team to have. When I say team, again, that can be team, company, family, You know, when I became a mom, sometimes I started seeing myself acting almost just like my kids were acting. Um, Instead of setting the tone, instead of setting the thermostat, I was reacting and responding to whatever was happening around me. And I had to learn to stop that and actually start mirroring what I wanted my team to do, mirroring what I wanted my kids to do. And of course, you know, that's 
still a struggle at times, but that's the goal and that's what I strive for. Number four, listens to the feedback of high performers more than low performers. Again, it's very comforting, um, very convenient to um, want to listen to the feedback of low performers. But, um, you know, Oren Woodward is our mentor. And man, that man has accomplished incredible things. And when, when he gives us counsel advice, um, even if it stings for a minute, I love it. I love growth and um, it's okay to take some feedback from someone a little further down the road from you that's gonna help you get where you're going. Number five, focuses on solving problems instead of dwelling on them. My husband is the best I know at this. I mean, he's an absolute problem solving machine and it is inspiring and I have grown as a person living with someone who is so great at this number five. Um, if we spent half of the emotional energy and mental energy that we do on humming over the <laughs> humming mm -hmm. over the problem, venting over the problem, thinking about the problem, instead of just going to work to solving the problem with a great attitude, we'd get so much more accomplished. Number six, rewards value, not time. Number seven, accepts responsibility and learns from mistake. And that is just so powerful you know sometimes life is hard and it beats us up and it causes us to feel fragile and i saw the people in my life as a child too fragile to admit their faults too fragile to apologize the greatest leaders i know immediately accept responsibility even at times where i don't know if they even should have owned all the responsibility because the power is only in the responsibility there is zero power in not taking responsibility and therefore where there's no power, there's no change. And so if we can become strong and healthy enough to just learn to say sorry, even to our own children, I remember wishing so bad. Kids are so forgiving. And I remember thinking, oh, dad, if you would just apologize, I would forgive in a second. But sometimes even adults are just too fragile. They're hurting and they're not healed enough to be able to say, wow, I miss the boat. Wow, you know what? I can see how that hurt you. I grew up this way and I'm trying to learn to change, but I, I can see that I still do that sometimes and I'm really, really going to work on that. It's not weak. It is so, so powerful and shows a healthy, confident person that can accept responsibility multiple times every single day for the rest of our lives because we're humans. You know, I appreciate hearing these seven qualities, these seven standards, because the, the what picture came into my mind is when we stand in a circle, draw a circle around ourselves, unwilling to step outside of that circle, because what's inside of that circle, that boundary that we've created for ourselves is a comfort zone. That's where our comfort yes. zone is. And, and what I hear you saying is that when we can be humble enough to admit that we are locked inside of a comfort zone, that's when we get the impetus to step outside, to take that courageous step over that line that's been holding us captive. And by hearing all of these seven standards, I hear the willingness to humbly admit that God isn't finished with us yet and that we are able to move outside of those places that 
just felt so warm and so cozy and so uncalling us to rise up. I also, when you talked about the sting of when Oren gives you a suggestion and or gives us all a suggestion and there's this sting that is like that good hurt when you're getting a massage. <laughs> it's yes. like I, I equate that with when I'm giving somebody a massage and they say, oh, that hurts so good. It's <laughs> like that good hurt when that muscle is being worked, which if we just let it alone, it just lays dormant. And so how exciting, how exciting. And then there were some, like the hesitant leader. And when you were talking about the different kinds of leaders, uh, the hesitant leader, um, being unwilling to show up, you had mentioned that in a, in a, in a talk, in a seminar where you were speaking at the different types of leadership where where we can kind of set ourselves into those and realize, oh, I do a little bit of that. I do a little bit of that. And when I'm in a good mood, I do that. And when I'm feeling really confident, I do that. And I think it's so important and so exciting to be able to set those, put those new shoes on and say, I'm going for a walk outside of my comfort zone today. And I'm going to stretch beyond my limit. And I think that that has been the exciting thing about working with you and Rob in life leadership is there are areas where I was super comfortable and that now I'm reaching out and I'm expanding and growing. I love it. I love that stretch. I love that twinge. I love that sting of there's more. There's more that we can obtain. There's more than we can become. I'm so excited to be here with Kenyon Robson today, Joy Coaching America, on the power of positivity in reaching beyond our former leadership styles. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing the beautiful Kenyon Robson, part two on leading ladies into leadership. You know, over the break, Kenyon and I were talking about my former leadership style was all about schmoozly. Everything had to be schmoozly and, and everything was cozy and comforting and music and oils and massage. And, and then all of a sudden, Rob, 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 Rob <laughs> Robson walked into my life and said, there's more and you need to be up and about your business. And you know, it's interesting, Kenyon, because you don't know this part of my story. I had to go pray to know if I should be a part of increasing my leadership styles. I was like, but no, I love, I love this smoothly comforting, nurturing approach. And, and it was interesting. The answer I got was just a one liner from heaven that said, you have hidden strengths, you know, not of, you would be greatly benefited by studying leadership. And, you know, I, I look back on my family of origin. I have a sister that's five and a half years older. I have a sister that's three years older. And they 
were the leaders in the family. And they got straight A's. They got Spencer W. Kimball scholarships to BYU. And my, I bring home my report card and it was a 2.0. <laughs> and my dad would say, why aren't you more like your sisters? And I'd say, because I am a social butterfly and that is my mission, calling and purpose. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I just let them be the leaders. And sometimes I remember I had a best friend that she, we both worked at a fabric store and she made all the displays for the walls. And I let her sew my children's clothes for a long time because she was the leader in the seamstress department. And I was like, oh, Debbie, you do that so good. So, and she also could make black bottom cupcakes better than me. So I let her do that. Sometimes <laughs> we let somebody else lead instead of being inspired by them to go and take the best. I had a friend that whenever I was, I thought I was friendly until I was around her. She was double friendly. And I remember praying and going, she's just a little too friendly. And the words came to my mind on that one. Oh no, you go and emulate. If you will go and find the best qualities in all of your best friends, and then just realize they are your teachers. They are there to mentor you in a certain quality that maybe you thought you were okay in, but you can become so much more. And so from nurturing, we move into the other side of the equation into that powerful, beautiful uh, leadership style of our very own, where we can mingle nurturing styles with empathy, with compassion, with grace, with, okay, now what do you want to do next? Let's move out of the grief cycle and let's move into the achieve cycle. And so Kenyon, would you address that? Oh, I love that so much. I love what you say about people being your teachers because I have been a people watcher my whole life, not having modeled in my home what I wanted to become. And it is truly powerful what you can learn from anybody. And leadership, you know, I never would have talked about leadership years ago. I, I mean, I didn't see where that fell into my life, leadership. But the truth is really, we are all leaders to different levels of what we choose, but leadership is demonstrated and shown in every, or our lack of, is demonstrated and shown in every area of our lives. I mean, you can walk into a home and be able to, to, you know, kind of tell what level leadership is going on in that home. You can into a neighborhood, into leaders are blessings. And man, I didn't know years ago, I wouldn't have even had a title for it, but I have been so beyond blessed to genuinely have some of the greatest leaders on the planet earth in my life that I've been able to watch and I just watch and it just is inspiring how someone can make so many deposits through what Karen's talking about, nurturing, loving, because part of leadership is that making enough deposits that when you are switching gears to what can we do with this and um, helping pull more out of someone, that's where it gets a little uncomfortable. I know for me, I know for a lot of women, pulling more out of someone than they're willing or that they realize they have to offer, that had to be done for me. I did not know that I had much to offer. And it really was gentle compassion, but also some, some modeling and requiring and expecting more of me in, in a kind way. That could be a whole nother talk. Um, that pulled more out of me than I realized. And it's 
it's people like that that create the greatest leaders in the world, people that inspire us to do more, not just say everything's great, but inspire us to do more than we realize. And so I love this, these three style of leaderships. Uh, I, I see myself at different times in all three of these styles, and I'm I'm working hard to grow and to be a better leader in my home, in my community, in my church, in my business. The three styles they talk about in this article are one peer leader. And oh my, do I see myself in this style at many times in my life. Basically, in a nutshell, peer leader attitude may identify more with your previous role as part of the team, not leading the team. Really, what I come from after reading about this style is is really people pleasing still. It's, uh, you know, we may be tempted to avoid difficult conversations. Uh, that was That's absolutely a tendency of mine. Treat everyone's input the same, openly complain about upper management. Uh, you know, we want to be part of the team. We're not ready yet to raise our head above the crowd, and maybe get an egg thrown at it. We're not ready. We want to blend in. We want to be part of the team and make everyone feel the same. And um, we can't reach our fullest potential until we're ready sometimes to put our head just above the crowd a little bit and real come to the realization that we might have an egg thrown at it. Um, so peer leader might be one of that first steps of um, taking off and growing your leadership. The hesitant leader, not taking initiative. Um, you know, there's been many times I remember having a leadership role in my church and we're in charge of organizing this event. And I remember coming to the church and kind of looking around and almost acting like a teenager of, you know, okay, asking the leader, okay, so what should I do next? And she had had a really bad day and she was going through struggles in her life. And she snapped at me and she said, don't ask me, just do. And it was so embarrassing. Gotta love these humbling moments in our life. She needed me to step it up and just do. And I was still acting in hesitant leader mode of what do I do? I was willing to do the task that someone told me to do, but I didn't know how to step up and look and know what needed to be done and get it done. And so um, her snapping at me absolutely launched me into realizing I was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't um, stepping up to what she needed and being a partner with her. I was letting her lead and doing what tasks she asked me to do. There's a difference. And then the third one is the confident leader. And that's just someone who's healthy and confident and willing to get an egg thrown at their head every now and again, seeing what needs to be done, um, being able to pull more out of people by modeling and by um, sometimes difficult conversations, things that are all good, things that have all been modeled to me and uh, you know, my husband, it's almost like being a personal trainer when you're in a position of requiring more from people than what they're currently ready and willing to give. That's hard. That can be very uncomfortable. And he is brilliant at it. He does it with such, and the reason why is he just genuinely believes in people. I think number one, um, he's able to pull more out of people than people ever realized they knew existed. And I know living with him for 20 years has definitely done that with me. Um, just an art, the art and science of loving and difficult conversations and um, requiring more of people, just to put it bluntly. Well, I have noticed that about Rob too. <laughs> you can't work closely with him and not 
realize that he has a gift of visionary, of seeing that divine perspective in each of us. And what a beautiful trait, what a beautiful quality in Kenyon. I totally see that in you. I, I really do believe that to have that gift of divine perspective, to see as God sees, to be able to look into someone's eyes and see the strengths and to be able to coax those in such a gentle way where they don't feel like they're being tackled and uh, pushed, but gently coax. And the picture that I'm very visionary. So the picture that came to my mind as you were talking is of a little toddler. And I saw like one of my children when they were learning to walk and they didn't they did not yet know that they could run. Yet the potential to run within those little chubby, dimply legs, oh my gosh, but it wasn't there yet. And so as we hold out our hands and reach out to one another and coax yes, each other to come and then, and then that little, per, that little, that those little legs may fall down, but they'll stand up again. Those little muscles are being developed. And I know that with Rob, as he has coaxed me, there have been times where I've wanted to say, now just wait a minute and let me set my own goal. I'll do it myself. And then there's times where I'm like, okay, these chubby little legs can run and I can (laughs) run, I can do it. And I'm so, I get so excited. And I just feel, I tell, I tell Rob, I feel like I'm Fred Flintstone and going yabba dabba do and my legs are running in midair and, and not going anywhere. But it's, we have, we do have to exercise patience. Another thing that came to my mind is that there are sometimes reasons why, why a good leader does hesitate not because of insecurity, but out of wisdom. Oh, yes. There's positives to all of those. Oh, yes. um, there's such positive things. And I think of the Savior and how he has mentored me through my life because I had a very militant dad who was in the Navy. And basically, we stood up at the dinner table and said, aye, aye, Captain, when he, I mean, we saluted. Wow. And, um, and so I learned to to chagrin uh, leadership styles that felt too authoritative that didn't feel comfortable and so I'm so excited that we get to come back we get to talk more about loving the leader in you right outside into wide open territory and we'll be back with part three with Kenyon Robson in loving leadership styles.